Baltimore and the surrounding areas, and now on the show, the surrounding country. On air, this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of Man and Murder, host tonight. Michelle Johnson, we have been extremely busy as we, you know, we made a move. You know, Lord bless us with a home. So as we all know, it is busy time of the year when you're trying to move. So welcome back to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Hezekiah. Glad to be back. I know we've all been busy. She's tired. I'm tired. But the show, as they always say, literally the show must go on. And we just thank all those who have been supporting us as we've been off air. Um, we have a few things that we're going to talk about tonight, discuss. We're going to pray. We're just going to keep everybody in prayer right now that's been going through with the hurricane. Henry, is it? Or Harvey. Her, I'm sorry, Hurricane Harvey. And then we have Hurricane Irma that is actually stopping a lot of things that are going on tonight. Definitely want to keep our guest that was supposed to be on tonight, uh, Dr. Michaels, um, from Baltimore area, but she was in St. Thomas, and her assistant has been tagging me and talking to me about this, you know, they're on an island where there's no power. So we definitely want to keep her in prayer because she's a powerful woman of God. But there must be something that's going to happen when she finally makes it to the show in the show. Because, you know, every time we turn around, something is happening. But, you know, God is still in the blessing business, and we're going to continue to keep Amen. Dr. Michaels and her husband and family in prayer and all those who are going through Hurricane Irma right now. Because we know that it's going through Florida right now. And, there's, you know, we got Hurricane. We, get, we just got several different models going on right now. And the, the word says pray without ceasing. So we want to continue Amen. those prayers as they go, you know, continue for them. And with that said, I will actually just open this up in prayer and so we can move on with our show tonight. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we did bow down a humble sermon. So thank you, Lord, for lying down last night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies that endure, that are new every morning, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for the families that have survived Hurricane Harvey, Lord. We thank you for all the families around America who are just getting together and putting packages together and raising money, Lord, for Hurricane Harvey and sending it out to those who went over, you know, who are going through in Texas, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the prayers that are being lifted up for the prayers for Hurricane Irma, Lord. Continue to bless Dr. Michaels and a in a way, Lord, bless her right now, Lord. Bless her husband, Lord. Bless her as they are just trying to make it back to the States, Lord, so she, you know, she can be with her family, Lord, and soon be on Man in the Mirror, Lord. Continue to bless those in Mexico, Lord. Just bless those who are going through right now with all the hurricanes that are in existence, Lord. We know that your hand is in everything, Lord, and it's just a wake-up call for us, Lord. Continue to bless us, Lord. Wake up our hearts, wake up our souls, wake up our minds, Lord. Wake us up, Lord, so we can stop, you know, the hate crimes, the crimes against race and religion, Lord, that we can just stop these things and know that thus says the Lord, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. Continue to bless the man in the mirror, Lord. Continue to bless Michelle. Continue to bless me, Lord, as a host and her as a co-host, Lord, and help us to continue to do thus says the Lord. And, Lord, open up the hearts, souls, and minds of the listeners tonight. As we go forth, we will never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, tonight's show was on my mind for a while. So since we had to make a little change over tonight, the Lord said, do it today. And the words, 1 Corinthians 12, 20, as it is, there are many parts but one body. And I'm going to read, read what it says, unity and diversity of the body. Just, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Just as the body, though one, has many parts, all our many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, 
so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for any reason stop being part part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for any reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Hmm. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of But in fact, God has placed a part of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to read. But in fact, one of them, just the way he wanted If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. But I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. For parts of the body, that seems to be weak or insensible. Parts that think that they are honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts unpresentable, it was special modesty. While our present parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, today's show, have you ever been driving a show and someone cut you off? How did that make you of feel? Of course, every day, every day. Have you ever been working on something and someone comes along and thinks they know what know what you're doing and tries to help you? Yes, we've all been there. There are many people out there that think they know everything about anything that comes along. And lastly, have you ever been in church and some of some some of those positions are always trying someone with a position always trying to you know, do something that you're assigned to because they think they know everything. Well, I've been there, done that. So why am I doing a show like this? I'm glad you asked. I heard the pastor herself tell me that she stays in her lane. I was shocked and amazed. But she told me that she gives if she gives someone in church an assignment, that means she's counting on them to do their part. Why? Because she gave it to them on the merit that they were the right person for the position. And I read that scripture prior to because everybody has the capability of doing something. The issue going around many times that, you know, we all know somebody that thinks they know everything. And so they come along and, you know, think they can do it better than you. But you were assigned to that position. So what do you think that, Michelle? You said, what do I think about it? Yes. Uh, I think that the word tells us we all have a part in the body, and I think that's the most important thing, that if he places you in your role in the body, which is usually given to us through leaders in the church, um, the different roles, and you have your role that you should definitely be able to work in in the role that you've been given. So if you have been given a role, then that should have been a God-given role because I'm assuming pastors pray about these things before they put people into positions and, and you know, um, elevate them. So that means that that's directed by God. So therefore, you should be allowed to operate in that role. Amen, amen. But well, sometimes when people give us these 
pastors included church leaders, but sometimes when they give us, have you ever been around people? This is the key word, the word of the night, micromanage. People like to micromanage. They give us an assignment. They give us something to do. But instead of releasing it to us, they have a tendency to micromanage. And, you know, if you were, you know, I gave you this assignment to do. And next thing I know, you know, you're coming up behind me. Um, just check it up on me or you're, you're saying, well, why are you doing it that way? Well, you know, this is a thing that actually is going on right now in many people's lives. You know, you know, someone gives you a task to do, but instead of saying, you know, being faithful and saying, you know what, I know they got that. They're, they're managing from the background. It's like they never left you. They, you know, to me, it feels like they never left it to you by yourself. They're just still there. What do you think about that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so keep going and let's see. <laughs> keep going and let's see. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's title stating. Why did I tell that? Because one thing we always we always do is when we're driving, we don't know how to stay in one lane. They in another lane. They all over the place. They can't even pick a lane. That's one of my that's one of my pet. Pick a lane and stay in it so I can drive. So I can do what I want to do. You know, we wanna we wanna drive but sometimes people don't even let us stay in that lane. They keep coming over like, hey, I want this lane, I want that lane. But you can't do that. And that's what we all go through throughout life. You know, someone is always trying to micromanage what is going on in our life right now. Someone is trying to micromanage what's going on. Someone is not saying, hey, if he, if this, if he knows if this is his fact, if this is what he knows how to do, then why not just say, hey, this is your, if this is your position in the church, at work, at wherever, if this is what you do, let that, have faith in it. Sometimes we have to have faith in people knowing that they know what to do. If our children um, have been around us all our life and we ask them to do something and we, know, and we taught them how to do it, if we taught them how to do it, we should expect them to be able to do it. Because guess what? Who taught them? They learned verbatim from the parent. But we know who taught them. So we know that they're going to take care of it. So we have to learn as people that instead of trying to micromanage, stay in our lane. If I, if I hire someone to do something, and I know that's their expert, okay, let's say, we hire a carpenter to come to your house and do something. And you know you're not a carpenter. But you're going to be leaning over his shoulder and say, well, why are you doing it that way? Oh, well, I don't think you should do that. I mean, shouldn't you use a bigger screw? How about a bigger hammer? I wouldn't. After a while, that gets old. Micromanage, control every part, however small or an enterprising activity. So that, that dictionary says about micromanaging, try to control or manage all of the small parts, something such as an activity. So, you know, it's, it, it, it is a word, it's in Webster, it's in everything. To direct or contradict activities in group of an enterprise. So, in other words, to manage especially with excessive control or attention details. You know, when so you know, when someone is giving a position to do, just something to do that is going to actually help. Let's get back to the Michelle. So if I am not a carpenter, and that is not what I do, 
it would behoove me to try to tell a carpenter or my carpenter. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, I I think when I mean when you have a project and it's your project, I guess you have the control of it. So it's it's going to be you know you're going to want things done a certain way. But no, not down to which screws are you using and how many screws you using and are the screws <laughs> long enough and you know no that's you know that's not necessary especially if this is someone's profession. You know, that's definitely not. And, you know, a lot of times we find that on jobs. So on jobs, you know, your manager may give you um, an assignment. And, you know, I've had had, uh, bosses that that micromanage. So when when I think of micromanage, I think of, like, down to that level, like they're they're all in the intimate details of how you do every move you make as opposed to what's the final project. And um, a lot of people as, I guess, managers, they have a hard time going from worker to manager. So they have a hard time realizing that they managing is on a whole nother level. And, you know, that's something I'm, I'm actually dealing with now. Managing is on another level. Managing is a higher level than the regular worker. So you're not even supposed to be concerned about all the details. You're supposed to make sure that you have people in place who actually have the skills to do the job, and you're supposed to make sure that you have the right people doing the right things. That that would be a job of a manager. But after that is taking a look at the final product. Now, if you're not satisfied with the the final product as a manager, then at that point, yes, you do have the option to make suggestions about how you want the product to get to what it is you're looking for and, you know, have the person redo it or whatever. Now, that is the job of a manager. A manager can do that, so I don't even, you know, fight a manager for doing that, but not in the, especially the first go around, not in all the final details of how you're doing everything. Like, you know, I, you know, I've been to back myself up because when somebody is having a problem, me trying to help them, you know, they would be doing the operation or whatever they needed to do in the way that they knew how to do it. But because I knew a different way, I'd be trying to make them learn my way as opposed to their way. And I had to, you know, stop doing that because you don't have to do it my way if it, if it, the final result is still the same. So I, I don't, you can't get stuck on how you do everything, just is the final result what I need it to be. And I appreciate what you said because that is one thing that is definitely important. The end result. The end result is what you're looking for, if I'm correct. You may do it one way. Okay. But did the job get done? And that's what, that's, you know, we, you know when, when we're trying to stay in our lane, we can't be like a hovering mother that's always, you're teaching your children stuff, but you're hovering over them almost 24 hours a day as they're trying to, you know, learn. As parents, we are there to teach them, but then sometimes we have to step back, as Michelle was saying, and say, let them go through it. And then when it's time, if if we if they need to learn something, take them to a side. As when you, when you're managing, or when you're a boss, or you know something, it's always good to take them to the side and say, hey, this was a good job here. I can give you a suggestion that'll give you a better outcome. But to say, well, well, I like the way you did it. This, this is the way you should do it. No, because you have may have done it one way, but they have, may have thought of another way to do it. That doesn't mean it was wrong. If that means that they came up with another solution to get the job done, and many times, you know, as as we're, you know, when we're in the church, this goes on a lot. You know, this goes on a lot in the church. When you got leaders, you know, you know, we got people with positions, and then you got the people 
that are trying, you know, to become leaders or trying to be good church members, you know, you got the, those that are in leadership that are saying, well, hey, I wouldn't do it this way. I would do it that way. But as Michelle said, if they got to say, if they got the end result, that's the most important part. Reading scripture this way, like you did it, and then going reading scripture is two different things. Or if this is your this is your job, if you're the one of the cooks, very important job in church because people that love to eat, church folks love to eat. Am I right, Michelle? Church folks love to eat. Amen. But that's a ministry right there. But if you say, well, I, I, I like the chicken to be this way. I like the kitchen to run this way. Well, if you're not in charge of the kitchen, what is your issue? The issue is that we want it done. As I like the way Michelle said, we're so used to, you know, when you become a leader, sometimes you have to relinquish that role of trying. And that's hard to do. That's with anybody. Relinquish, relinquish, relinquish that role of, you know, being that person that's always doing and accept being a person that's in leadership. Now you have to have people. You have to teach people how to be able to do their role or their job without your interference, if I'm correct. If, they, if this is what they get paid for every day and they have to do a report or whatever every day, Sometimes you have to back up and like, I know they got it. I know they got it. I know they got it. But if you're always there, like we're trying to teach our kids all the time, if we're always there, they'll never learn it. They'll never learn it in the show. Relinquish. Voluntary cease to keep or claim. Give up. In other words, sometimes you have to surrender your authority in order for that person to be able to do their job. Will mistakes happen? Most definitely. Because this is something new. But if you're there micromanaging, eh, eh, every time they look up, they won't be able to they won't be able to they won't be able to do it. And then if if that's the job that they have, they will never learn it. Because, you know, they will always be looking for you to make sure that it gets done, because I've been in that position before. Because I'm like, oh no, I gotta let you do this. Because if you, if I keep doing it for you, you'll never learn it. Have you ever been in that position, Michelle? Oh yes, definitely. I'm in that position right now. <laughs> oh my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm in that position right now. But yeah, um, yeah, that's definitely a, a lesson, and it's a it's a change from when you really go into a leadership role. Um, and actually, and it's so funny um, that we are speaking about this topic today because I, I just was in a uh, leadership training. I was just in a leadership training, and, you know, they had like a, um, a four-part model that they were teaching us on how to effectively lead people and to allow them to be, which is exactly what you're speaking about right now, allow them to be independent workers um, under you where you're you're not having to, you know, check on them all the time or correct, you know, mistakes or, or anything like that because that is essentially that's really not our job as a manager. You're, you're there to, you know, distribute work. You're there to make sure that you have, as I said in the beginning, one of the biggest things is that you're supposed to make sure the people that you put in place have the skill set to even do what you're requesting. Because if that if that is off, you're always going to be micromanaging because that means the people that you have doing what you're doing, what you want done, are actually not skilled to do what you want done. So that's something that, you know, as leaders in, in the church, in jobs, um, you know, wherever we are leaders, that's something that one of the biggest things that we really have to learn is don't place responsibilities on people who are not skilled or qualified enough to even handle what you're requesting because then the frustration is going to be twofold. It's going to be frustration on their side 
because they may not be able to get it done in frustration on your side because you can't get that finished product that you're looking for. So that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that, you know, that they say. So that's even in the church. You know, we the church is famous, and, you know, when I'm saying the church, I'm not talking about the church, but I know just being in church, I know that, that church is famous for, for throwing people in positions that they may not even be ill to do because they just need somebody to do it. And that's why I was saying, you know, hopefully when they put people in these positions, they prayed about who should be the best person to go in the position before they throw people in there. In in one instance, yeah, I mean, honestly, and in one instance, you know, um, that I can tell you is I had severe questions when my pastor told me he wanted me to be on praise and worship team. And the reason why is because I didn't even, you know, like public speaking. I didn't like public speaking. I certainly didn't want to do public singing. (laughs) And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, what in the world? And I, you know, I was asking him, did God tell you that? God told you to put me on the praise and worship team. So you say, I didn't get that memo, but you know. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what I did get. And see, this is sometimes things that we need to pay attention to, you know, when we are being asked about these positions. One is I love praising God. I love to sing praise songs. I I, I just li- really love praising him. And, and another thing is that years before I had received a um, prophecy from, um, I went to a, a, a um, retreat, I believe it was, and I had received a prophecy where the person, you know, told me that the Lord was showing them that I would overcome through my praise so that when I was having issues, going through problems, trials and tribulations, different things, I would use, you know, my praise to be able to get through it. And amen. it's so funny because, amen, and it's so funny because at that time, I wasn't singing like that, and I wasn't, you know, doing all the stuff that I do because I'm on the choir, I'm on the praise and worship team. And it was so funny because I was just like, okay. I said, well, I do, you know, love to listen to the praise. So I was thinking of listening to you, but I wasn't thinking of me actually singing or being part of, you know, praising God through song. And these things came about later. You know, that was one thing. And the other was when they opened the choir and the Lord just led, led me to join the choir, I said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, because I wasn't a singer. I'm not a singer like that. But I do love, you know, the the music, the praise and worship music. I love it. I love to listen to it. I get emotional listening to it because it really, you know, the the thing, with the, the words that they're saying and the things I can identify with. And I love God, so, you know, sometimes it just makes me emotional. So, But that's something that God had put in me that my pastor, I guess God had told him as well, and he put me in that position. And, you know, he does, he's never said another word about it as far as how I do praise and worship, whatever. He just allows the Lord to lead us in how we, whatever we do. So amen. that amen. So we we have to we sometimes are put in these positions, and if it's if it's truly meant by God, we have the skills and everything. But that's something that as leaders we definitely have to look at is who are we putting? You wouldn't put somebody that burns everything they cook on the food ministry. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, know, you wouldn't do that. The same. You know. That's that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. You know, if, you know, you wouldn't put anybody that burns everything in a food maker. That's not their gift. That's not their gift. You can't, you can't do it. But if you put the right person there, you know, just like the pastor I was talking about, sweet pastor, she said she stays in her lane. You know, if that is not my, if that's not my gift, because, you know, pastors are pastors, you know, they, they know what their gifts are. If that's not your gift, or whatever be your role, if that's not your gift, stay in your lane because you can't do everything. 
I always made this saying, and then we get ready to take our break. I always, I can't, the Lord gave me this saying, anyone who thinks they know everything is setting themselves up for failure. And with that, you're listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and your fantastical co-host, Michelle Johnson, as we're talking about the discussion tonight is stay in your lane. Um, it's a great discussion. I'm having, you know, I'm having, I'm enjoying it. Um, we were supposed to have Dr. Michael's interview tonight, but she is unfortunately stuck in St. Thomas where there's no power. So continue to please keep her in prayer and her husband because they're trying to make it back to the States. Um, continue to keep them in prayer, keep their church in prayer, you know, because, you know, she, you know, the devil must be busy because he knows that when she comes on, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dynamite interview. But we're patient. We have faith that God is in control of everything. Continue to pray for all those, you know, who have been through the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. We're going to keep them in prayer. We're going to support, you know. We just want to keep everyone in prayer because it's a hard time for everybody. But a few notes from my supporters, Music Instruction for Learners, Inc., where music knows no age. If you are interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empower inspire, motivate, and change the lives of four-figured women, curvy chicks, or boss chicks too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. We're going to now take a break, and we'll be back. And just remember, the cross has the final word.
We are back live with Man in the Mirror, with your host Hezekiah L. Montgomery and co-host Michelle Johnson. And that was The Cross Has the Final Word. I love that song because The Cross does have the final word regardless of what anybody says, Michelle. The Cross, Jesus paid it all on the cross. Just as the, you know, just it's like a, a revamped version of Jesus paid it all. For him, Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. But um, we are talking to we are talking. Our topic tonight is stay in your lane. And we started this off with you know many of us do drive, and many times people just cut us off. We are driving down the lane. The frustration that helps. We you know, anytime someone cuts you off, and how does that make us feel? Dang, you know, we talked about how we haven't been working on something. And someone thinks someone comes along thinking they know everything about everything, and they want to put their two, three, four cents in it, you know. And that's that's a hurtful feeling too, because sometimes that makes the person feel, you know, inadequate. And we don't want to make anybody feel inadequate as leaders. Let me back up. You're listening live with Amanda Mayor, with your co-host, with your host, Ezekiel Montgomery, co-host Michelle Johnson. Again, you can call in at nine one seven. Eight eight nine two two seven one, or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. And also, about 30 minutes after tonight, the show will be aired, you know, on demand. So you can listen to it, pass it on your friends, because we have people just listening. We got about four countries listening on Man in the Man, right? Man in the Mirror right now. So that's a blessing that even if it's a couple percentage, but they're listening. So if we get four countries, Africa, Russia, you know, a couple others, you know, if we get four countries listening in this show, I'm a happy camper because, hey, that means that we're doing something and even just a little percentage, I can give you a little, you know, if I look at the statistics right now, we have four point. We got Russia, South Africa, Japan, and India have been, you know, listening in on Man in the Mirror. So we're going to take this. We're, we are taking this thing worldwide. That you know, not just countrywide, worldwide. Where people, just a few percentage, but if a few percentage can get something out of what we've been talking about, then we're doing what we're supposed to do. You know, but um, again, you can call in at nine one seven eight eight nine. Two seven one. Um, oh, next month will be three years we've been on. In a month or so, it'll be three years we have been on. October seventeenth will be three years that Man in the Mirror has been on. So we will be having a big celebration. All kind of things will be going on. We're just going to have some fun because good, better, and different. We've been here. You know, when people don't realize when God gives you a task to do, it's your job to do it. We don't have to look about what other people say because people are going to say what they want to say. I learned that people are going to say what they want to say. But good, bad, or indifference, the man in the mirror is still here. And that's a good thing. But, again, let's get back to our topic, standing and staying in your lane. Because, again, you know, if that's not your lane, if you can't cook, I like that. If you can't cook, but you go in there and try to help out the cooking ministry in church, and they find, and they, all all of us folks love some good fried chicken on a Sunday, and you go in there and try to tell them how to season that chicken, you know, worrying their nerves, you know, you don't even know how to cook, but you're going to go in there, Michelle, and tell them how to season that chicken. And then when everyone starts eating that chicken, there's going to be an issue. And they're going to say, well, the chicken tasted better last week. What happened this week? So how would you feel about that one, Michelle? <laughs> uh, I plead the fifth amendment. Plead the fifth, all right, because we, we love our chicken. And someone going in and mess it up, we ready to put them out of the church. I'm just going to keep it real. You be ready to put that. What? You went in there and messed Chicken, you don't even know how to cook. But that's what we do. I, I'm just going to keep it real. That's what we do. 
we, you know, people come along from the pulpit to the door, from the door to the pulpit, thinking that, hey, I know how to do this, or I can do this better than you. But if that's not your forte, then the best thing is say, hey, you know, don't interfere. Because as leader, we have to know, and I, you know, I keep going back in the show because she's the leader. You know, as a leader, we have to know when to step back because the talents will never grow. Our kids will never grow up if we keep interfering, trying to, you know, the mother bird kick them out. You got to fly by. That's to go. Flap those wings. They may fall. Pick them up. But a person in any position has to learn that if you trust them, as a parent, God entrusts you with those children. Will you make mistakes? Yeah. Will he keep, you know, you know, he doesn't interfere as much, but he will be there, you know, if you need him. And as parents, you know, we're going to make mistakes. You know, we're not perfect. You know, as many as many books that come along, they write all these books about parenting. I think some parents will throw them out the door after a while because nothing is working. The psychologists say all this. They throw them out the door because it's wasted money and wasted print because the Bible says train a child the way it should go. So when we, you know, you know, and as, you know, when we're training our children, when we're working with our children, sometimes we have to step back. And say, you know what, let me stay in my lane and see what they're going to do. Because I know I taught them well. But if I continue to micromanage, keep trying to get in the lane while they're trying to do something, just imagine you, you know, you, you, you taught your child how to drive and you drive them behind them and you keep getting in their lane while they're trying to do something, then they won't actually understand the uh, laws of the road. Because you're always there trying to micromanage the road. We can't. We try to keep them safe. We can't keep them safe from everything, but we try our best. And the best thing as a parent, as a leader, is to trust that you chose the right person for the job or for the position. Because, believe it or not, it gets tiring trying to micromanage everything that goes on around you. Because you can't do it. Because if you try to micromanage, if you try to be all over zigzagging, imagine a car. Many of us have seen the zigzag on the road, not staying in one lane, just zigzagging, going 100 miles an hour, in and out, all three, four, five, six lanes going up the road. How many of us have ever seen that, Michelle? The car just all over the place, but not picking a lane. And just staying in it. That's the thing that helps everybody out. You're going to say something, Michelle? Well, no, I was going to say, you know, and and sometimes we as, whether it's employees, whether it's as children with our parents, even when... Um, because honestly, I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I tell you, 18, I'm not micromanaging you. God put me in a position to be all over everything you're doing. I'm going to be all up in what you're doing. What you're doing on okay. your phone. What you're doing on your, you know, what you're doing on your computer. What you're doing for your homework. What did you do at school today? What you're doing when you go out okay. to the house. I'm all in that. I'm all in that. I'm not micromanaging. But once you hit 18, Go off to college, you know, do all these things. It's no longer the point. So, but we as, you know, children, because some parents continue to try to micromanage adult children. I think that's where the trouble comes. <laughs> the children are adults. You can no longer micromanage them. Everything they do is not no longer your business because they are now adults. So parents have a lot of trouble releasing that. So, but um, as children with parents who may want to micromanage us, as 
as, you know, employees with bosses that want to micromanage us, and even as, like, you were talking about in the church that have leaders of um, uh, auxiliaries and pastors that micromanage, as the person that's possibly being micromanaged, then we have uh, an option. The only way that it's a little harder is at work. So I'll I'll give you a, a out on that. You may not be able to do this at work because, you know, you could possibly lose your job if you buck up against your boss or, you know, don't do things the way that, that they're requesting. Um, but when we're talking about church leaders, parents, and all that, you know, you can definitely make the person aware that they are attempting to micromanage you. And then also you have the option, and even as an employee, you have the option to tell your boss, which I've actually had to do on a job, you're asking me to do something that is outside of my skill set. You knew this was outside of my skill set, and so therefore, you know, I need you to provide me with proper training before you want to hold me accountable for it being done this particular way. Because if I can get it done this way, but because of how you need it done, you need it done through this system or through this other way, then you need to provide me that training. You're not giving me the tools to successfully complete my job. And as as children, we have the right to tell our parents, until I was 18, you had the absolute right to micromanage me and everything I did. But now that I'm older, I make my own choices. I have my own consequences, and I have to live my own life. You cannot live it for me. And as, as um, you know, people in the church, you have the absolute right to tell your pastor who may be trying to put you in a position that you're not skilled for. I do not have the skill set for that. My suggestion is that you find somebody else to do it because it may not be done the way you need it. And then if you do have the skill set, you can let them know, you know, I can get this done, but I cannot do it like this. So if this isn't satisfying to you, my, you know, um, suggestion is that you give it to someone else. That's mm. your option. At, and, and a lot of times we'll suffer instead of taking those options because we're scared to, scared to buck up against any, you know, role of authority in our life. But... You know, sometimes you just have to let people know, you know, what what it is that they're doing. In case one, they really don't know, and then two, give them the option to step back. And if they don't take that option to step back, then you have to let them know, I cannot continue like this, and my suggestion is you find somebody else to do this. So, you know, that's our option. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it's really your... Um, it's, it's something that you need to do for yourself sometimes because if if that's frustrating you that badly, that's not a good thing for you as well. Right, right. You know, you don't you don't want frustration. We try to live in peace. So, it's, and I like mm-hmm. what you said. You know, keep it real because this is you know that's one thing about us. We want to keep it real on here. Keep it real. Just be honest. What Michelle is saying To recap is If you don't think you can do it Then just say well I'm not the person For the job And if you are the person for the job And just be honest Under these conditions I only I can do the job only under these conditions If you let me do the job Because if you feel free which I, If you feel that I am the person right for the job Then let me do the job and many times, as leaders, it's hard for some leaders really to to relinquish that role, to let that person do the job. You know, some leaders will tire themselves out because, again, they're trying to do everything. I mean, they and they behind this auxiliary, behind that auxiliary, trying to do this and try to do that, and they wonder why they're tired. You know, they want and, to and Sunday morning. Cut. Sometimes Sunday morning they all beat up, beat up. And, and honestly, I was going to say that is that is the result of if you if you do micromanage because, and I'm just saying this, I'm being completely honest when I say this. 
if you if you take those suggestions that I gave earlier and you let the person know and you relinquish that job if if they cannot do it any other way, then you relinquish that job to allow them to find somebody else to do it the way they need it to be done. Then, you know, that's going to be a lesson for them because, I'm not going to run myself ragged. You know, if you're a good leader, then you know that you're supposed to oversee and not manage every small piece of the puzzle. But I'm I'm not going to tire myself out trying to do everything because that's why God placed people in the ministry with uh, with manifold gifts. They have gifts and talents. And he's placed people there with these gifts and talents. And so, you know, it's not necessary for any pastor to do that, To do that, you know, once he, once he brings people into the ministry with, with talents, you can definitely utilize them, but you just have to learn how to utilize them correctly. Go ahead and preach, girl. Preach. Keep preaching. You're just preaching up a storm over there. But the, the whole thing that Michelle was saying is, let them, and that's why I read that First Corinthians uh, twelve twenty. As it is, there are many parts but one body. We are all in this together. We are on one body. But as First Corinthians and unity and diversity of the body, as it says, if the eye wants to be a foot, it can't. If the nose wants to be the hand, it can't. You know, if the foot wants to be an elbow, it can't. Because everybody has a part. Everybody can't micromanage each other's parts because God has given us all gifts and talents. So as leaders, we have to learn that if I put, if the leader puts someone in charge of an auxiliary, if a parent, as Michelle says, she can't micromanage them, but after a child, she can micromanage them. But after 18, you're on your own because she can't do it all. As you grown then, she you know she did her job, but we have to learn that if we pick the right people for the job, if a pastor, deacon, whomever leader in a church, bishop has picked the right person for that position, they don't have to worry about it because they know they can stay in their lane. My lane is over here preaching because I got enough to do over here. Or my lane is to do this. I got 40 more miles to go in this lane. I got all this stuff to do over here. Why do I have to pull over and get in this lane and keep following behind you until you got back on course and then not go get in my lane? After a while, you don't waste all that time, energy, and gas. You know, if you're going to use that, you know, as an idea, use all that time, energy, and gas trying to figure out what's going on in this lane, and then you move back. Over to the other lane. Have you ever have you driven, drove, and you try to figure out what's going on somewhere? So you going to drive by and keep trying to speed up, and you know what's going on in the other car? That's the same type of thing. You're not standing in your lane. You got other things to do. But if God has given you a ministry, if God has given you an auxiliary, if God is saying, you know giving you someone to do something or to help you out. And if you need that help, take the help. Because guess what? Then you can go back in your lane and do what you got to do. That's what this show is all about, is staying in your lane, because we can't frustrate ourselves, because there are many bosses, there are many leaders that frustrate themselves because they're trying to do everything in the show. You know, they got people in position, but they're still trying to do everything. But the easiest thing to do as this pastor that I mentioned in the program says, that's not my, my, my I stay in my lane. If I gave them that and and I know that they're qualified to do it, why am I going over there? And that means that I was, if I gave you a qualified position and I qualified you, then I should have faith in you knowing that you're going to take care of it. I can't keep driving over there trying to figure out what's going on over there. I got other issues and problems to deal with. And that's basically what we're trying to say. That, you know, as we're going through this thing called life, we ourselves have to learn how to stay in our own lane. 
We have to try to micromanage other people's households. We can't, you know, we got our own household to micromanage. We can't, you know, live for our kids as much as we love them, our brothers and sisters as much as we love them. We can't micromanage. We have our own lanes. We have our own vehicles that we need to stay in, and we we need to stay in. Um, you're listening live with Man in the Mirror, Richard Holt, Hezekiah uh, Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. Michelle, we have less than two, less than three minutes left in the closing remarks. Just want to, you know, remind people this, you know, this topic is a touchy, touchy topic because there is a fine line between, you know, managing and micromanaging. So, you know, when you when you are uh, have given someone a project and you're over a project, you're managing the project. You know, just remember that if the people who you have put in that position are qualified to do the job, then trust in them, especially if if God has moved you to select these people to do the work because that's really, you know, especially as pastors, that's really, you know, how you should be operating in the spirit and and allowing God to show you who can handle what. And um, there's more trouble sometimes when there's just people who are bodies and they're put into positions just because there needs to be someone there. And if you do have to do that so that some things can get done, then there's going to be a, a lot of exercise of patience with that. So that, and that's both ways, because as the people who may have been put into these positions, then you also have to realize that, you know, this is not really your calling, it's not really what you're doing, but you are trying to help. And so, therefore, you are, you know, the person may be closely managing what you do to try to get it done correctly the way that they need it to be done. So it takes patience and, you know, staying in the spirit on both sides of that issue and so that's the biggest thing that I want to remind people that when whether you're the person managing a project or whether you're the person who's performing on a project that you have to exercise patience and remain in the spirit when you're doing these things because it's all unto God. Amen, amen, amen. I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in tonight. Again, we will be on them. This episode will be in on demand on Man in the Mirror website, um, on Blog Talk website. Tonight's episode was Stay in Your Lane. Don't try to be all willy nilly all over the place. Stay in your lane because that'll make life easier for a lot of us. And that actually make life easier for yourself. Because, again, we get agitated when we're trying to micromanage, when we're trying to do everything, when we think we know everything. Just remember, God created us all. You know, we don't have to be all over the place. Stay in our lane and be happy, and God will take care of everything. And I just thank Michelle for her comments tonight because, you know, she says she's been going through this some, you know, some of the stuff tonight herself. It's always good to have firsthand information. Um, you can go to Man in the Mirror Facebook page. You can go to Hezekiah um, Montgomery, the author page. All all these things will be there. All these episodes will be there um, for you to listen to. And hopefully next week we will have uh, Dr. Michaels on. We've been trying to get her on. There's just so many things that's been going on. Continue to keep her and her husband in prayer as they are in St. Thomas trying to make it back to the States. Um, we will keep you, you know, posted about everything to make sure that they, you know, as soon as they get back here, we'll definitely keep you guys posted on everything. Again, thank you guys for listening tonight. This is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the mirror.